Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is primetime action live from the South Point Hotel Casino. Tip the strip. Skill Alexander, Matt Brown, and Kelly Bidlin. Good Wednesday evening to you. We got a triple header in basketball, and we got a tip off right now, and it's the good one. Right this second, Nets and Celtics. There are three and a halfs everywhere except for one shop. You can find a three if you do want the Celtics. Uh, 225, 225 and a half is your total. And that one, I went ahead and took the Nets on the money line tonight at plus 135. All things being equal, I think this game is pretty much a coin flip. So give me the plus money here. You didn't really even get a great game out of Kevin Durant in the first game. I mean, he's nine of 24 from the field, one of five from downtown, only had four boards and three assists in that one. They still only lose by a point on a back cut, you know, as a, as time expired. So I'll go ahead and, and take the plus money here. With the Nets, uh, 76ers and the Raptors coming about an hour from now. You got the Sixers as two to two and a half point road favorites over the Raptors. 216 and a half, 217, as we have talked about. This one is in Toronto, so the mask mandate, I mean, so the uh, vaccine mandate is in play. There, 930 Eastern, 630 Pacific, we have the Bulls and the Bucks. Bucks are big 10 point favorites in that one over the Bulls. 224 and a half is your total there. We had several day games in Major League Baseball, but we do have some first pitches coming here as well. We got the Diamondbacks and the Nationals. Uh, Nationals minus 125 favorites over the Diamondbacks, plus 105 if you want the uh, if you want the Diamondbacks as underdogs. That's Merrill Kelly. Uh, going for the Diamondbacks in that one. We got the Giants and the Mets. This one should be interesting. This is uh, Carlos Rodon and Chris Bassett. So a uh, couple of couple of new pickups for both of these teams who have been good early on for their new squads. Rodon and the Giants are minus one twenty favorites on the road at the Mets. Even money on Bassett and the Mets as home underdogs. You got the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, and that is uh, Barrios and Pavetta. Barrios and the Blue Jays are minus 125 road favorites over the Red Sox. Pavetta is a plus 105 underdog there. 810 Eastern, Twins and the Royals. Got Chris Paddock for the Twins. Uh, newly acquired Chris Paddock had a rough first start for them, trying to bounce back against the Royals and Daniel Lynch. Uh, Lynch and the Royals plus 110 underdogs at home against the Twins there, minus 130. I thought about playing the Royals, still might before it's all said and done. Chris Paddock has really, really, really struggled since his first half of his uh, of his rookie season where he was where he was cruising there for a while and then really, really lost it and has not found it since. So I, I still might end up getting in on the Royals as home underdogs in that one. Then we have the Rangers and the Mariners. Last game of the evening at 9.40 Eastern, 6.40 Pacific. Dane Dunning for the Rangers. Logan Gilbert for the Mariners. 
Gilbert and the Mariners, minus 150 home favorites over the Rangers, plus 130 on Dunning and the Rangers as road underdogs. All right. By the way, the Mets collective starting pitching uh, ERA this year, 1.56 leading the majors. Is that good? Yeah, they are. They are above expectation currently. (laughs) Uh, Only four games on the ice, and they're all later. Um, 8.30 Eastern, we got the Stars and the Oilers. Oilers minus 180 at home favorites there. The Stars are plus 155. Road underdogs, and then 310 Eastern uh, face-offs, and that's it on the ice tonight. Blackhawks and Coyotes. The Blackhawks are minus 165 road favorites over the Coyotes, plus 145. Then we got the Colorado Avalanche on the road. At the Kraken! Mother. Minus 300. This is how you do it, Avalanche. Minus 300 favorites on the road at the Kraken. Plus 250 on the Kraken. Probably missing a zero. I think it's plus 2,500. Plus 250. <laughs> on the Kraken. Wow. That's a bet. As underdogs there. And then we have the Capitals and the Golden Knights. Tonight. Minus 145 on the Knights. Plus 125 on the Capitals as road underdogs. Right, it'll be nice to drive home and see all the Capitals uniforms on my way in. Cap sweaters, as they say. Driving through. Yes. 2018 Stanley Cup champs. Don't you forget it, Golden Knights. Small dogs, you're going to play them? Huh? huh? Small dogs? You're not going huh? to the game, Gil? Come on. Small well, dogs, you can play them? Huh? This little show here. Huh? So by the time I get there. You're watching from the patio? Uh, you know, I, I, as I've said many times, I do hear the horn. When, right. the night, when the Knights score, I hear it about five seconds before it actually comes up on your TV. You could watch the top of the arena and listen listen to the game? That would be the definition of no life whatsoever <laughs> if I just sat there in front of my live betting and go, eh, waiting for a horn, waiting for a night score. Anyway. And then you get up and clap every time they score, too. And I'd be like, ah, darn it. But then I won some money on the night score. Okay. This game is not tipped, right? To, no, uh, no, it hasn't. Yet. Not yet. They introduced, uh, they gave Marcus Smart his Defensive Player of the Year award. Mm-hmm. So and I don't know. It's just, just been as we, just as we sat here, down to two and a half at one book, down to three at three of the others. So uh, very late money here coming in on the Nets. We will be joined tonight by Adam Burke. Talk Major League Baseball with him. Uh, looking forward to that. He is a a encyclopedia of baseball knowledge. And then later, Sia Najad. How about that from Twitter? To primetime action. He's also the NFL and PGA analyst for Win Daily Sports, co-host of the Win Daily Show on Sirius XM Fantasy. Great to have Sia on the show tonight. We look forward to that. Uh, we will have a one and done. We have settled on some rules. We will have a draft for the very quirky Zurich Classic in your neck of the woods. So stick around. We will explain it all. It is interesting. Yes. It is fun. There is strategery involved. Oh, is. There's all kinds of things. It, it was like a 45-minute conversation downstairs earlier of how could we really set this up. I think we came to good rules, though. I think yeah. we came to good rules. I like it. And then I said one of one of five guys will be chosen for this. Chosen for this. And chosen. Appa- yes. Chosen. Chosen. <laughs> chosen. And, appa- and apparently, all three of us did pick within the five guys that that I named. Oh, so, well, so we'll we, see. We all choosing within the five. We all choosing together. All right. Last night, in case you missed it, the big well, there's. The big news was that the Pelicans beat the Suns last night at Phoenix to even up their best-of-seven series one game apiece. The Pelicans did it as nine-and-a-half-point dogs, plus 425 money line, uh, money line proposition, 125 to 114, as uh, Brandon Ingram was just sensational down the stretch of this game. But the even bigger news than that, and this is really sort of the pall over at least the looming specter of the NBA playoffs, much like the 20. Uh, 19 playoffs were sort of marred by the Kevin Durant 
and Clay Thompson injuries, much like last year was marred by a slew of injuries in the NBA playoffs. Now we not only have the Luka watch, we not only have Scotty Barnes watch, but now we got the Devin Booker watch. Devin Booker, uh, evaluation today ongoing on MRI results for him. A right hamstring, this is not the same hamstring he had tweaked before, but it appears unlikely now. The word is that he'll be able to play in either Game 3 or Game 4 back in New Orleans, sources telling ESPN today. So that is obviously, potentially, the biggest story of them all. Do you believe the Pelicans can actually win this series now? I do, too. I I do. And as soon as they cut to him on the bit, whenever... When they were in the middle of the, when they were in the middle of the, the kind of the sideline reporter and said, I don't, I don't see Devin Booker on the bench. And mm-hmm. when they were, when they were like, oh, he's not even on the bench. I went and live bet the Pelicans because I was like, oh, there's yeah. obviously something going on here. Like it's different than, okay, he's taking a breather. He's he's back in the locker room for something. 31 first half points. Yeah. And that's what, yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's no way he was like just taking yeah. a breather. He was going to be heat checking that for sure. And then, uh, and then. After I sat and thought about it for about five more minutes, I I went and I bet the I went and I bet the the Warriors to win the West as well because listen, mm-hmm. hamstring, hamstring. We know how this works. It is like it's okay, tw- it's tweakerific. Yes, it is like okay, yeah, he might be back for in two games, but we know how that is. one weird cut, uh, one weird whatever. It's right back on the bench. It's right back on the, the sidelines. Yeah. yeah. So when when they said it was hamstring and I started putting two and two together, I'm like, okay, this team that we said was the perfect mix of everything that you need to be a championship squad, you remove the major, major piece of one of those perfect mixes to make this a championship squad, and they are no longer the perfect mix to make a championship squad. And so, um, you know, I hate that it's an injury that, you know, comes down to all this and it happens to be here and all that. But, but here's the thing. They were the Suns, and I know and I know Chris Paul had a moment where he where he had a brief injury, but it really didn't take him out of any stretch of games last year in the postseason. The Suns and the Bucks won the war of attrition of injuries last year. That was the biggest thing going for them in the postseason. So now the Suns might be getting the worst of that. And they had one postseason where it worked out for them, and now maybe not. We'll see. Uh, and one, you know, you wonder now. C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram are they the better duo now than DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul? I mean, that's a discussion at this point when you remove Devin Booker from that. So yeah, that could be huge. We'll see. Pelicans can beat them. I think that. Uh, I, look, we're I, Matt and I have talked about it a couple times. Like we're pretty dang high on this Pelicans team. Maybe a year from now, and they're putting together some stuff right now that's looking really good. They could win this series. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. I still think the Suns get out of this. I mean, part, part of one of the luxuries they have is that they're so deep. And I know maybe it's not that scoring depth that 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 some other teams have, but I think they still have enough to get out of this series. We will see if Luka comes back for game three or game four in the Dallas-Utah series. As Kelly said, I think accurately so the other night, why would you bring him back for three? Wait till, wait till you find out the result of game three and then consider game four for Luka and the strained calf injury. There's that. Um, so just absolutely, at least the Western Conference, more so than the East, just absolutely um, barred by injuries and what could have been at least at this point, the way it looks, what could be for what could be for, uh, for certain teams, we'll see if it ends up being their death knell. Brooklyn and Boston about to tip off at uh, the Garden, and uh, just coming through, Jay Wright going to step down. 
Oh, at Villanova. Whoa, some big, uh, some big news there. Wow. Yes, that is huge. Jay Wright considered one of the two or three best coaches in all of college basketball. Um, multiple championships, obviously, there at Villanova. We'll come back. Prop watch tonight on the way. Veasan's primetime action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cast. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free to play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. 7 to nothing, Brooklyn. You should just cash your ticket already. Let's just, this is Dunzo. I mean, what are, what are we doing? Look at that, nine, nine, nine to nothing. My goodness. Bam, it's over. Well, go to the window, see if they'll give it to you. Is, uh, Plus all that CLV got, All too. that CLV. <laughs> Jay Wright going to the NBA? Is that what's going on? I, I, I caught me by surprise. Seems very sudden. Um, there was one other bit of college basketball news today. Um, Kentucky forward Oscar Deshibwe, is that how you pronounce that? The consensus national player of the year announcing Wednesday he's returning to Lexington for another season. Made his announcement on SportsCenter. Saying he came to a decision last week and looked to improve his NBA draft stock next season, becoming the first Wooden Award winner since North Carolina's Tyler Hansborough in 2008 to return to college after winning that award. So there's that. That uh, the Hansborough stat part of it that, that kind of blew my mind. Like that's re- that hasn't happened since 2008. Well, the notion wow. the notion that he was like, oh, can't believe he's going back. <laughs> you know? uh, and then there's we're we're giving credit here to to uh, to Jeff Darlington for breaking this, but really I'm going to give credit to Matt Brown because that's where I first heard it last night, which is that Debo Samuel, who's entering the final year of his rookie contract, uh, he told Jeff Darlington, I suppose. So we have to give Jeff Darlington credit since we told Jeff Darlington, even though I only heard it from Matt Brown. He's asked the 49ers to trade him. Samuel's declined to offer specific reasons for requesting the trade, but acknowledged that he's informed the team of his desire to leave. And so when we discussed this last night, the way that we're really interested in this, not only from a football fan and a obviously futures perspective, but also from our draft bets yes. perspective, which is like, okay, we don't want him being traded to a team that is wide receiver needy because then that ruins a couple bets perhaps. Specific ones, let's say, I don't know, a Green Bay type team matched with a wide receiver or any team that he goes to that wasn't wide receiver needy. And just w- I have over on wide receivers in general, so we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, let's let's hope they just deny this request to be traded, which they can. Yeah, they can. Sorry, Debs. Yeah, Believe sorry, buddy. Call. We're gonna keep you around. Debo's brother has piped down on Facebook. He's no longer uh, yeah causing a ruckus. <laughs> he's, he's no longer he's no longer giving intent of uh, what's going on or anything like that. All right, let's look at the adjusted series uh, prices for several series in the NBA after last night. Let's go to the Suns-Pelicans first, since that's the one we mentioned last segment. Suns now one-to-one with the Pelicans and the Devin Booker injury situation. Game three, by the way, Suns favored by just one at New Orleans. 217.5 is the total there. Adjusted series price, Suns down to minus 260. Pels at plus 210, and then you see all the correct scores there on the right. With the Pelicans four to one gentleman sweep, the long shot at twelve to one. 
You likes Kel- anything? Kel- Kel- you, really, you, you, you don't think that the best that the best duo now is 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 with the Pelicans? I didn't say that. I I I actually yes, I do think the best duo is with the Pelicans. I lean that I lean more that the Suns are still going to win this series, though. He did, he did not scoff at my best duo on the court. Yeah, no, I, I actually think, no, I think the two best are on the Pelican side right now. I, I, I mean, DeAndre Ayton really hasn't done much yet. Now, we've seen that, I think we've seen that over the past couple of years where that guy can kind of, he can kind of disappear and then he can come back and have some massive games. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's exactly what we see come game three. But I mean, what you're getting out of CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram right now is incredibly impressive. And there's no reason to think it's going to stop anytime soon. I mean, I guess where is the scoring going to get made up? I mean, Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson have to, that's have say, like, to take- it has to be like, because it's not going to be Chris Paul. Cause you saw what happened last night when he started yeah. having to press to shoot. He, he was thrown up. Like it looked like me out he there. Lo- he looked tired. Yeah. Like it looked like me out there, like hucking up shots. Like it was when he was like, Oh, I've got a score now because we, we, we don't have Booker out here. It was horrible shot after horrible shot after horrible shot. And so it's not going to come from Chris Paul. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's going to be Aiton has to do more. He, he's going to have to do more. And then it's going to be Mikkel Bridges and Cameron Johnson. You're going to see Cameron Payne on the court more, probably alongside of Chris Paul. Uh, Landry Shamit, like the fact that they have him on the bench, he's a guy that can provide scoring. I'm not over, I, like, this is a big deal. I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about it for the Suns. I think this game, I think this series probably goes six or seven. But if you could ask me at halftime of that game last night, I would have said this probably this series probably goes five or six, you know, before it even looked like the Pelicans were going to win the win that series last night. I still thought they were going to take a game or two off them. So I, I mean, the Suns are so dangerous because of this depth. Do they have another elite score like Devin Booker hanging around? No, they don't. I, it's not like some of these other teams. But I think between Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Landry Shamit, you can make up some of this scoring. I do think that. I brought up the uh, Mets. ERA for the starting pitchers to jinx them. Yeah, yeah Bassett's getting destroyed. Two to nothing Giants with runners at the corner. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, Bassett not having a good first inning there for for them. Also, I think the total in that one was six and a half. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. One swing of the bat, Wilmer Flores can give them five. 27, five and five they are going to have to replace. What if I told you that Booker was not going to be back the rest of the series? Then what would you say? 50-50. Like, that's plus 210 is not enough for me to get on the Pelicans. Hmm. Now, if it was like 275, 3 to 1, yeah, I'd take a piece of that. I'd, I'd take a piece of that. What about Pels and 6 if you knew that at plus 550? Yeah, maybe. That's, like, looking at those, I do think it's, I mean, it's 6 or 7. This is what it's going. I texted this to Kelly last night. And I said, we're not going to keep saying it on the show. And I'm going to say it. <laughs> Why? We've been saying they're gonna it until anyway. They're going to be good. good next year. Yeah, they're going to be good. Those rookies are playing, like, not scared. Like, they're, they're playing really well, and they're going to have all this experience underneath. And if they can get even 85% of Zion back next year to have another – Kind of another force in there, like they're gonna be good, man. Pelicans I mean, front office is gonna be like, you're still not ready to play Zion. Yeah, <laughs> why don't you sit down? People start. They keep, people keep talking about him in the starting five. I'm starting to obsess over the idea of him being like the ultimate sixth man. Yeah, 
Like, you kind of have this same starting five, and then when Ingram McCollum hit the bench, you just put Zion in there. What we really saw out of him last year. Alvarado, like, in there. So, like, what we really saw out of Zion last year is where he was really finding success. He started playing more of that point forward like they have Giannis do up in Milwaukee, and it was working really well. I think you put Zion in there and surround him with shooters. That's a deadly lineup as kind of a B-squad lineup. All right, let's go to the Western Conference updated odds. Phoenix is now a plus 130 short shot, but Golden State, the dubs creeping up, plus 175. Warriors. Grizzles, 6-1. to one. Grizzlies, after evening up their best of seven series with the T-Wolves last night, one game apiece. T-Wolves still have home court. Got it. I have that game wrong yesterday. We had that game wrong, yeah. Yeah. Utah, 10-1. to one. Dallas, not knowing about Luka's return at 17-1. to one. And then the Nuggets would be the longest shot on the Western Conference board at 65 to 1. You made a Warriors Western Conference bet. I did. At 190. There you go. 190. Um, I think it's the only one you could make right now. I got yeah. him 550. If you had the. To win if it all. You, like, so before, before everyone started to adjust everything, you could have gotten the Mavericks at like 23 last night. If you, you know, if Luka actually can come back and be Luka. Having the Mavericks at 23, I think, would have been nice to have in, in the account. But yeah. by the time I, like I said, it took me five minutes to even think to bet the Warriors and then all that. And then by the time I got looked, everyone had already pounded the Mavericks and it was down to what it was, what it is now. But that's yeah. a good call. I mean, I mean, the other way, though, even at 17 to one, I mean, what do I have on them from the preseason? It's not that good of a number. So you still like we talk about preseason futures all the time, right? In every sport and for for months and months and months, you can still get the Mavericks better than what I got them preseason. Are we really reviewing this Seth Curry play? Come on. Oh, no, OK, a little bit worse than I got them preseason, but still. Yeah. I mean, that's 19 to one well, before, before it adjusted. You could have got them better. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. It was 20. It was like 23 last night. I mean, I, I guess the only other one, the only other one I think you could possibly play is if I, I mean, we like the Timberwolves and we, we, I, I expect them to still give Memphis a series, but I'm not I, even at 40 to one. I'm not touching that for, for a Western conference. Good right? Lord. That was just a, yeah. just a dismantling last night. Holy mackerel. Yeah. There was quite a response from Memphis. Quite the reply. For the entire NBA Finals, for the title, Suns are plus 275, Warriors now down to 4-1. to one. Bucks plus 450, Celtics plus 750, the Heat 9-1. These Nets that we're watching right here are 10-1, to one, leading the double-digit parade. Hawks 400-1, Kelly. You want that? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'd actually be more interested in the Hawks at 400 than I would the Raptors and the Bulls at 350, respectively, at this point. I mean, I like to see that the Bucks are third on this board, and it's like, oh, maybe I could get, you know, a nice price on But the problem is they're still not going to drop much longer than what they are yeah. there. Like, the Warriors might be getting shorter. That doesn't mean the Bucks are going to get yeah, longer. Yeah, because it's though. an easier path in the West yeah. than, than in the East, yeah. Looking easier and easier with these injuries. Might be lining up for the dubs. We'll come back. Adam Burke in studio to talk some baseball with us next on Prime Primetime Action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime, Gil, Matt, and Kelly. Pleased to be joined by an encyclopedia of baseball knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, it's VSIN's own Adam Burke. How you doing, Adam? I'm good. Good to be here with you guys. Good to, good to see you. Uh, well, I'm, I'm happy to be here while you're sweating a, a bet here that you have. You have the Diamondbacks' first five against the Nats. 
the Diamondbacks have the bases juiced in the top of the second. There were nobody out with with uh, the bases loaded. Now there's one out after Fetty gets a, a swinging strike, or, or was it a looking strike? I can't remember now anymore. And you, you of course, as any gambler, as any defeatist gambler would say, you're like, let's see how I lose this. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. when, when you talk about how Arizona has played to this point, specifically mm-hmm. on offense, uh, you know, obviously I knew what I was getting into making this play, but look, I mean, they're so bad offensively that they have to get better. Like, like they just have to. Their hard hit rate is, is 20th. Their average exit velocity is 13th, and they're not hitting at all. Something's got to give, and hopefully it gives against Fetty here. As you as you say that, Sergio Alcantara and his 105 batting average comes to the plate. Yep. Good luck to double, you Four six three double play coming. Oh, man. Don't speak it into existence. Let me ask you, I'll start by asking you a question that, we, that I, I asked of Joe Sheehan last night when he was kind enough to join us, and he wasn't biting. But I'll ask it of you, which was, we, we were here watching, all the screens are on, and Garrett Cole went, an inning and two thirds. Oh, that's a uh, that could be a sack fly for you, young Adam Burke. You're up one to nothing, my friend. Uh yes, you are. Yeah, there, there you we go. go. <laughs> Nobody can throw anybody. Nobody out. can no. throw anybody out no. anymore. Um, and I, you know, 68 pitches for Garrett Cole last night. An inning and two thirds at Detroit. Mm-hmm. And you know, this traces back. This isn't you know he was kind of like oh I don't want to overreact to a couple starts. No 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 no. no. I didn't like press him on it, but this goes back to, you know, when the sticky substance deal came out mid mid season last year, he was the first one to complain and he just has not, he's certainly not living up to a $324 million contract, but he just hasn't been the Garrett Cole they expected. And I'm just curious, like, is he, you don't want to overreact certainly, but this has been a while now. Do you, do you look to fade him generally speaking based on his prices? Yeah, in terms of him, I, I think, look, he still has the swing and miss. It's really been the, the command numbers that have been a problem for him. He's given up some home runs, and he's now he's hit the walk issue, too, which is something that's you know kind of new for him. I do try to look to go against those guys. Like, I went against you, Darvish, on Sunday night. I uh, took the over in that game. Obviously, it finished 2-1, to one, but both teams had a ton of chances with men in scoring position. Just didn't cash in. But Darvish is another guy. ERA over 7 since July 3rd. You know, a guy that his spin rates dropped significantly. So, I, I do pay attention to that kind of stuff. I look at spin rate data. I look at velocity data, contact management stuff, just to kind of see where these guys are at. And a guy like Cole, he's still good but he's not Garrett Cole. He's not the dominant pitcher that got him that $324 million contract you mentioned. Yeah. So we look at the Dodgers off to a unbelievable start yet again. We were, we've, it was kind of an afterthought, but we just said it as we were headed to break last night that, Oh, by the way, at some point in the season, likely Trevor Bauer is going to be back as well to add in to this as well. Is this one of those things where we should probably just put a Dodgers ticket in our accounts think about it six months from now and just be happy that we did it. Yeah, I really couldn't argue with that. I mean, even if it's not Trevor Bauer, Dustin may will be coming back shortly too. And, and he's an above average pitcher to go into that rotation. I, I don't know what's going to happen with this whole Bauer thing. I know that there was a lot of talk that, you know, his Dodgers teammates didn't really want him back even after he was, you know, found innocent of any wrongdoing, but you know, even if they don't bring him back, they're still incredibly deep. The one thing I will say, Matt, and I wrote about this this morning in the daily article over at VSN.com. So Walker Bueller, his velocity's down a little bit. Spin rates are kind of a little bit low. He's not throwing as many pitches in the zone. I'm a little bit worried that maybe there's an underlying injury situation with him. Mm. And if there's one weak link to this Dodgers team, it is the starting rotation because you've got Julio Urias coming off of a really, really big workload last year. That's the one potential area for the Dodgers where I'm concerned, but also 
there were concerns last year, and they just went out and traded for Max Scherzer. So they'll get whatever they need to, and they're probably going to win that division. And keep in mind, too, there's extra incentive this year with the expanded playoff to be a top-two seed, get a bye, not play that best-of-three wildcard series. If the Dodgers are able to do that, that's a tremendous advantage for them. So even at plus 450, it's, it's hard to argue against it. Well, you ended up with a run, with the bases loaded and nobody out. That's kind of more than I expected to get. Diamondbacks baseball. <laughs> Catch the fever. They're not good. I mean, they are really not good. I mean, look, they came in batting 156 with a 277 on base and a 265 slugging. 277. But, but look, that's on the base. thing is oh. they are so bad yeah. that they can't continue to be that that's bad. That's right. They have to positively regress to the mean in some way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, hey, they got to run. I'll, I'll take that, I guess. I'm like, that's right, comma, right? right. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Uh, what else do you have that uh, has not started yet tonight? Nothing that hasn't started yet. Uh, I do have this Toronto and, and Boston over here where it's one nothing in, in the top of the second. Just looking at this game, I mean, Nick Pavetta and Jose Barrios have both allowed a ton of hard contact to this point in the season. They're not locating well. You've got two really talented lineups here. It's tough to take an over nine because, you know, we've been kind of looking at it that the baseball's not carrying as far. Mm -hmm. It does seem to be a little bit deader. A lot of people attributing that to the humidor that's in all 30 parks now. But uh, look, I just, with so much hard contact expected in this game, I just had to go ahead and take the over in it. There you go. You got uh, two more runs, a little pesky pole shot there for the Blue Jays. And that's the thing for Nick Pavetta. I mean, his, his command profile is, is not good at all. He'll get some strikeouts, but he just, he does not command the zone. Well, two to one blue Jays, just like that. Happy getting some extra run there for them as well over the next couple of, over the next couple of weeks. What have you seen so far for me? And I know it's extremely early, but so here we are. DeGrom obviously goes, uh, did I just see Kyrie Irving go into the locker room? Did you? Is that what I just saw? Oh, I don't know. Uh-oh. We're so distracted, Adam. We yeah. apologize. No, it's fine. We, we have no, in here. There's um, a lot going on there, during there, this there show. Are, there are. There are. Um, so Degrom with the injury, just completely wide open Cy Young race now in the NL. Is there anybody that you kind of targeted one once the news came through, and then two just here based off of some early season stuff to where you want to get in before these numbers numbers start to plummet on them. Yeah, I do have a preseason piece of Joe Musgrove of the Padres. Mm-hmm. That is a guy that I did take a, a futures piece on. I, unfortunately, you know, just with getting ready for the season and all that, there were some prices I kind of missed out mm-hmm. on. But, you know, that was one because, you know, then all of a sudden DeGrom gets hurt, and then, as you said, it, it becomes really wide open. Look, I think the reality is Max Scherzer really has an inside shot now. He is the favorite at 6-1, to one, but if he's really good in the absence of Jacob DeGrom in a major media market, that's going to gain him a lot of favor. And he is a guy that has been really reliable, even into his age 37 season here. You know, that's a guy that if he stays healthy, it's hard to see him not winning it to be totally honest with you, just because for however long DeGrom is out, he's going to be the focal point. He's going to be that guy that kind of dominates the discussion. And you know, look, this is an award voted on by human beings. And you know, there's going to be a lot of coverage of Scherzer and the Mets throughout the course of the year. Most of those guys on that screen, if not all, have already had at least one outstanding outing. Brandon Woodruff, I believe. Was that today, Brandon Woodruff? Yeah, was he, was, he, was he was awesome today. today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let me just ask this real quick then. The team that, based on your preseason projections, and people should know, you do the greatest preseason write-ups of any human on earth. It's early, but a team that you think unsustainable, overperforming, unsustainable, underperforming. 
So I would say a couple that are overperforming right now. The Rockies are one of them. Uh, the Rockies, just I don't think that their true talent level is anywhere near this. They've had the best bullpen in baseball by some metrics early on in the season here. I really, truly don't believe that that continues. And also, too, I mean, they've got two, maybe three really good teams in their division. The Padres should be good. We'll see if that ends up being the case. The Dodgers, and I'm still a believer in the Giants, too, despite what a lot of the projection system said coming into the year. And also Oakland. You know, Oakland is a team that, I mean, look, they've hit, I think, five or six three-run homers so far. That's really increased their run totals. Up until the last couple of days, they had been absolutely incredible with men in scoring position. That's leveled off a little bit. They're just not a very good baseball team. So I'm not really believing in Oakland. I don't believe in the rotation. I don't believe in the lineup. And Frankie Montas will go at some point, especially with how well he's pitching. As far as an underperforming team that I think is, is a lot better than what they've shown so far, I know a lot of people are going to point towards the Phillies because of their offense, and understandably so. Zach Wheeler didn't look very good the other night. His velocity was way down in his start against the Marlins, and he got beaten up. Aaron Nola, I'm not a believer in the command. I think that they'll be better, but I also don't think they're going to live up to those expectations that people placed on them. One team that I think is a lot better is the Atlanta Braves. The Braves, are, they're only 6-7 and seven right now. They're off to a bit of a slow start. They get Ronald Acuna Jr. back probably next week. They still have a lot of good pitching, a very good lineup, a very strong bullpen. I think the Braves are, are to me, they're still the team to beat in that NL East division. Can still get, can get Acuna as of this morning at 8-1 to one Jeez. for MVP. And again, like, you know, he plays 140, 135, 140 games. That's a, that's a negligible amount of missed yes. games over he the course can, of the season. He, yeah. can, he can certainly put up MVP-type numbers. So just uh, to shop around on that. Real quick before you get out of here, you're not a believer in the A's. Who do you like in that AL West? I still think Houston's the team to beat. I mean, you know, they replaced Carlos Correa with Jeremy Pena, who's playing at a very, very high level. Kyle Tucker's a guy who's underperformed to this point in the season. He'll get a lot better. The big thing is just kind of their bullpen. And if it, and if it stays together with Ryan Presley already hurt, they'll probably have to add on to that at the trade deadline. But I still think that the Astros are the team to beat in that division. Kyrie back on the bench. There we go. A little Kyrie update. Adam, we appreciate it, man. Absolutely, guys. Thank Thanks you. It's great me. to see you. Always great to talk baseball. Adam Burke, everybody, at Skating Tripods, one of the iconic Twitter handles of all time. That prop watch I promised is next. Beeson's primetime action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on Beeson, the sports betting network. Beeson is all in for the draft next week in Las Vegas, eight days away. We have a special draft preview show this Sunday, though, at 6 p.m. Tim Murray and Sean King will break down all the first-round prospects and props. Expert guests include legendary broadcaster Brent Musburger, former NFL GM Michael Lombardi, and former NFL lineman and TV host Mike Golick, along with his son. Beeson's draft preview special is this Sunday at 6 p.m. exclusively. Right here on Visa, and don't forget to download our NFL Draft Betting Guide while you're at it, featuring best bets, mock drafts, and everything you need to score big this draft season. Download it today for just ten dollars. That's only twelve forty nine Canadian. Oh, that's very cheap. That's cheap. Go to Visa.com slash uh, slash draft for more information. You Run, Canadians! It's only twelve forty nine. Oh my God! Now you scream at everything Canadian. Oh. Run! Oh my God! <laughs> <Cracking> <laughs> from America. That is but. <laughs> No, I know. Six toonies. It's getting further north now. Oh my God. It is. I did, you know what? Jason H. even gave me a heads up on the Kraken today, though. Oh, I had my earpiece. Yeah, he tweeted us right before the show. But so. he went extra scream. 
Yeah, J- Jason, you're on crack and watch now because that actually did help a lot today. It helped. Same when, when Matt yelled, I was not surprised. It did help. When I'm 80 and I start to get you know hearing problems, I'm be like, oh, I know what this is about. <laughs> I'll tell the story of Matt Brown from so many years ago. Um, you have solved the Kyrie Irving riddle, I believe. Anyway, yes, it is. Uh, it is still Ramadan, and I'm assuming that the sun went down officially. In Boston. Sun down in Boston makes sense. Yep. And um, he was pulled to uh, to run to the locker room and get, get a snack. Yes, which he did, in fact, do. Uh, end of the first quarter, Nets 33, Boston 24. And based on how things have gone for the Celtics, they actually have to be pretty happy being down only nine. After that. I, w- I would think so. Yeah, 33-24. The Nets up there at the Garden. Um, one other thing. Oh, Jay Wright, in case you missed it earlier... Jay Wright, head coach of Villanova Wildcats, uh, he had. It, it appears, according to uh, Shams Jarania, that Jay Wright is stepping down as head coach of the Villanova Wildcats. Iconic coach, Naismith Basketball Hall of Famer. Well, here's here's the. What, he's updated. He said seriously contemplating retiring. There's about five other guys have come through now who have all said. He's that he is going to go. There's another, um, another person who I guess is very tight with the program. There uh, says right now he has called a team meeting to inform the players that he will be retiring. Um, so retiring, so not going anywhere. Retiring at the age of yes. sixty, he had been meeting with his family to make the to make the final decision, and it does leap to mind the contrast of that versus. Mike Shashevsky's season-long farewell tour of retirement, where Jay Wright quietly just going off into the sunset, and Woj has to get in because you know oh, he can't. Good lord, he can't just let the college news be the college sure. news. So uh, there's been significant NBA interest in Jay Wright through the years, but sources tell ESPN that his intention is indeed to retire from coaching, not only Villanova. Those who've talked to Wright don't believe the NBA holds appeal to him. Woj then added it's betting's fault, sports betting's fault that he didn't <laughs> take an NBA job. Yes, he he's retiring. Be, I mean, is that not a instant, like, whatever broadcast you want for college if basketball? If you want to still work, he's 60, right? He's it's, 60. It's like, it's like, he's young. Like, he's rich. Like, go yeah. and just, like, get on a boat and we'll see you in a couple of years. Well, that's that's cool. the way you go out, man. I mean, 60? I mean, hey, we Enjoy all agree, it. and I know Matt Brown especially, he'd be he'd be retired right now if he had the money to do it. But he, like, is that? I feel like Jay Wright's like put me on a TV desk like for the next five years. I'm good. Listen, I always having lived most of my adult life in San Francisco, I was always amazed at the internet, you know, multimillionaires who once they had one startup and cashed out, they'd be like, and I'm starting a new one. Yeah, yeah. And I was it's like, no, I, cash out and go to the beach, man. I'm, I'm still not wired like them. I'd be like, and now you will never hear from me again. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. night. Yeah, that's right. But that's what makes them what they are, for sure. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Prop Watch. Can I interest you in some Raptors Sixers game three tonight? Back in Toronto, which means no... Matisse Thibel for the 76ers by virtue of Canada's vaccine mandate. He is not fully vaccinated, so he is ineligible to play. Joel Embiid, 31 and a half points, 13 and a half rebounds for Joel Embiid. Pascal Siakam, 24 and a half and nine and a half for the Raptors. Van Vliet and Harden come in respectively at 20 and a half points. What do you like? What do you like? I have... Very, very little 
um, here in this one. That being said, this, this I, game's tough. This game is tough because all this game's tough overall. Yeah. The one thing I would expect us to see tonight in this game is they've been, you know, Nick Nurse has been running guys at Embiid like he normally has, and he's getting burnt by. We've seen him getting burnt by Tyrese Maxey. It's right. It's the third option that's kind of burning these guys. So I think there's going to be a little bit. I think you're going to see the Raptors play a little differently defensively tonight, and they might. Like I think they're going to let Harden shoot. I think at this point Harden's not hurting you. I think you 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 put one of your I mean one of your not one of your don't waste one of your top notch defenders on him. I'd switch that over to Maxi, and they might be take a little pressure off and beat. So props, I think are a little difficult tonight on the Philadelphia side. For me, Matt, I don't know about you, but the at some point Fred Van Fleet's got to step up here. They are starting Kim Birch tonight. The Raptors. Okay, so that that makes it more of a we can throw one body at Embiid instead of multiple. So they're starting Kim Birch tonight. So if you want to, I don't know what his rebound prop might be. I don't know. They probably have already adjusted that though, so it's probably not bettable anymore or something. But there is that. So they're going to try something at least a little bit different here and start Birch. Um, I don't think that really changes my opinion all that much, Kelly, on the way that I would look at this. To be honest, Um, so. I like under Harden points pretty much always now at this point because he's I mean, just yeah. he's got to so prove bad. you wrong first, right? Like he's just he's he's so bad shooting right now, and he just chooses to defer. Uh, good call, Matt. Elpid DraftKings right now, Ken Burst, three and a half rebounds. That's interesting. That's interesting. Overjuiced to minus one forty, but still, yeah. I, I would. I think I'd play that. I would play. I would play that too. Two things. Remember the JVT stat that when Embiid and Thibel are not on the court together. And obviously, anytime Embiid sits tonight, that will be the case. That the Sixers are like minus twenty plus points. It's, it's incredible. It's over incredible. over a hundred minutes or something, or hundred possessions rather. So there's that afoot. And then there's also the matter of: Do you really think, like, contrast Jokic with Embiid and the way those two series are getting officiating? And I'm not sitting here saying that that there's some conspiracy afoot. But Jokic is just getting super frustrated and not getting the benefit of any calls when they were in San Francisco. Embiid was getting every benefit of every call when they were in Philly. You have to think that that's going to change somewhat. Yeah, I mean, a little bit, though, it is because, that. I mean, they were playing high-pressure defense on Embiid. Fouls are going to happen when you're doing that a little bit. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think for, for the Raptors, I feel like if the Raptors are going to win a game, win a game here, Van Vliet's got to go over 20 points. That's the one, the only one I would lean to on that side. Mm-hmm. This other, this last, the late game tonight, I do have two bets on this one. I, I couldn't get away from some Chicago props here. Um, yeah. I ended up playing a, it's a smaller bet on DeMar DeRozan over 27 points. That was just finding more of an off-market number here yeah. in, in town in Vegas. It's 28 and a half, 29 most places. So 27 Circa was hanging I just played over on that. I mean, the volume's going to be there. He had a bad ga- bad game in game one. Couldn't make the shots. But we know the guys that are going to be shooting it for Chicago. It's him. It's Zach Levine. It's Vucevic. It's all the guys that you're really going to be seeing sh- putting up a ton of shots. So I played a smaller bet on him. The one I like more, though, is over two and a half threes on Zach Levine. He shot 10 last game. This guy's, this guy's shot. He averages nine threes a game when he plays against the Bucks this year. They're go- if, if you think they're going to be playing from behind like I am, I expect the threes to be there. He had ten attempts last game, only made two of them. But all we're looking for, we say this every time, Matt, all we're looking for is attempts. If you're giving me upwards of nine, ten attempts in a game, I'll yeah. take the over two and a half. I'm, I'm yeah, paying. I mean, we just need we need the reps, right? Basically right. what it comes down to. Like, like put them up. Hopefully they fall. 
I'm paying minus 144, but I, I like that prop tonight. Over two and a half, three-pointers made for Zach Levine. Yeah, I mean, if we look, and the, I guess the one thing that's good about DeRozan, too, with your point prop is that he's just he's not dependent on threes. So, right. you know, if, if he's cold from, if, you know, some of these guys, if they're cold from three, there's no chance they're going to hit their point prop, but that's, like, not his game, right? Like, that's not, yeah, it's all that, that's not where his, yeah. his bread is buttered, as they say, so... Um, we definitely have that. Gary Payton in the house tonight. I guess he was maybe he was there for the uh, the defensive player of the year award. I don't know if you know this, Kelly, but he's the last guard to have gotten that award. What? Prior to serious? Marcus Smart getting that. I don't Everybody's at this game. It's pretty well. What is uh did Marcus Smart come out wow. with his, uh, with his uh, boxing robe? Who's he fighting tonight? <laughs> See what is he? He's doing? missing a letter. <laughs> he is. Right? He's the DPO. He's the DPO, he not the, the DPO. He's the defensive player of. Uh, what the heck was that? What, what happened to your why? Oh, man. How do you get something that fancy made? Uh, <laughs> turn, turn around that quickly? And mess and mess it up. Someone, you think someone can't well, say, hey, I'm Marcus. Well, he, uh, he had to hey, turn man. around in 48 hours or whatever it was. Well, here's the thing. The, the why fell off. And he's like, I paid $1,000 for this. I'm wearing it anyway. You know, he was getting out of the car wearing yeah. it and like it caught like, it yeah, on caught something. The, thing, the Y came off. And he's like, I don't care. Maybe, maybe he didn't want to pay the extra money for the Y. <laughs> he was like, that's all I got. All right. Brooklyn up 12.